Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Good to be in here today and great to see you all in the house of the Lord. Uh, still got a, about 19 of them traveling on the road headed back. So you look around and missing someone, they're on the road. But they'll be here uh, this afternoon. Let's pray for their safe trip home. Um, and uh, today we'll continue in our series on walking this gravel road. And uh, last week, I'll tell you, we got into that lesson. It got good. And we just about, we really didn't finish it, but I think we, we covered enough of it to, that we can move on and keep going into the next chapter. But just a quick reminder, we talked about the point of no return, and we referenced how that, you know, uh, someone who was jumping out of a plane, that's a big leap. There's a lot of emotion involved in that, but the point of no return is not while you're taking off it's not while you're in the air it's not even while you're standing at the door but once you cross that threshold now you've got to trust that everything's going to work out and we and I tell you the Lord said I am the door and once we cross that threshold once we get in him friend let me tell you that that for us that ought to be just like jumping out of a plane there ain't no going back to the plane I, I, I'm trusting him now for the rest of the ride. <laughs> and that, that's my, that's, that's the, for me, after knowing what he did for me and how he saved me and knowing how he loves me, there's no going back. I feel like Peter, when the Lord asked him, said, well, are you going to go away also? And where would, where would we go? Where would we go? There's nowhere else. You have the words to eternal life. I'm, I'm in this for the long hauls, what he told him. I'm, I'm planning on living with you forever, so where you go, I go. And so I, I'm in it for the long haul. And, and that's it. We've, we've reached a point that we've made our mind up to walk for God. And today we're going to continue on this walk. And uh, the title of our lesson today is, is this. Is there anyone out there? Seeing the invisible. Is there anyone out there? The Bible tells us we don't look at things that are seen because they are temporal, but we look at the things that are not seen. Even Peter said that even though you haven't seen him, but you love him. And so there, we, we live this life just like uh, Moses did as seeing him who is invisible. We, we believe and we trust that today. So let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you so much and we're thankful for this journey that we're on with you. That we take up a cross daily and follow you. And Lord, I ask you to just touch our hearts with your word. Encourage us today. Strengthen us. And we're going to praise you for all these things. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give your Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. You can be seated. God bless you this morning. Great to see everyone today. There'll be some families coming in. Grab the grievers are here. We've got a little baby we're going to dedicate in a little while. Two little babies we're going to dedicate in a little while. So excited, always excited about that. Is there anyone out there? You ever wondered that? Come on, you, you know, even though you believe in him, you trust him, sometimes you've, you've wondered at some point, 
Does he see? Does he hear? Does he know? He does. This is this lesson's a lesson about hope. Victor Hugo said this about hope. He said that hope is the word which God has written on the brow of every man. There's a man, uh, you may have heard this name before. If not, if you were to search the name Carl Sagan, you'll find out that he was a legendary American astronomer. In his biography, you would see that he lived from 1934 to 1996. But he died without any hope for the afterlife. His widow wrote this after he passed. Contrary to the fantasies of the fundamentalist, there was no deathbed conversion, no last-minute refuge taken in a comforting vision of a heaven or an afterlife. For Carl, what mattered most was what was true, not merely what would make us feel better. Even at this moment when anyone would be forgiven for turning away from the reality of our situation, Carl was unflinching. As we looked deeply into each other's eyes, it was with a shared conviction that our wondrous life together was now ending forever. No hope. No hope in the afterlife. There's a lot of people like that today who believe that this is all there is. But we know that's not true. The thing that you must realize and grasp when you walk with God is that walking with God is not just about today. It is not just about today, but it is also about tomorrow. Because God is not just committed to the beginning of our walk, but he is committed to the end of our walk. Oh, uh, yeah. As, yes, sir. As much as you and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, I promise you more, he wants to say it. <laughs> he has plans for us. We, we know, we, we should understand this already, Jeremiah 29 and 11, we love that verse, it's quoted so often. This is the Lord, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, and to give you an expected end. I've called you uh, for a reason. I've called you to an end. Even his life, he said, to this end was I born. Yes, he had to be born. God's plan was that he would be born of a virgin, but that he would live this life. But there would be an uh, end game in all of this. And there is an end game for us. Even in Luke chapter 9, the Lord looked at them and said, you must uh, take up the cross and follow me daily. It's not just about this encounter, but will you be with me tomorrow? Will you be with me next week, next year? Will you be able to say, as Paul did, I have finished my course. There's no other step to take except into glory. That's where God wants us to be, to follow him daily. And so uh, as, as the human nature is, the human side of us, we, we want to know what the future holds. And we wish sometimes that we, we had that crystal ball, so to say, that we could look into the future, that we could see everything that God sees. But God knows that we would not make very good decisions if we knew 
what the future held. Sometimes we think, well, if I had known this, I, but, you know, that's, that's so few and far between. That, that, but if we really knew, well, this is what the future holds, we would start planning our today totally different. Not realizing now that what we have done will alter what that future holds. Because we would be like, I, well, if I know this is really going to happen for me, then I'm just going to do this until an hour before that time. I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm just going to live my life all the way I want to, and when I know that I'm about to take my last breath, I'll get right. Man, that happens so suddenly that you, might, <laughs> that you may not have time to, to do that. And, and it, we've heard people say, well, if you knew when the Lord was coming back. You know why we don't know that? Because if we knew he will be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock, we would do anything we want to do today. And at about 10 to 3, we'd all be praying. But the Lord would be like, no, 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 no. You wasn't really worried about that. You just want to go to heaven. You wasn't worried about living for me. God wants you to live for him. Take up the cross daily and live for me. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's your reasonable service. We're supposed to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. The whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. And so uh, God is not just concerned with our walk today, but our walk tomorrow. So we should also be thinking that, you know, we make a lot of plans in our natural life today so our tomorrow will be better. But if we took the same amount of care of our spiritual life, what are you doing today in your spiritual life in this walk with God that will make tomorrow better that will ensure a better future for you in your life with God are you praying are you fasting are you giving are you loving your neighbor are you keeping the commandments are you uh, consecrating yourself are you daily searching and examining to see whether or not you're in the faith are you living in godliness the scripture says that uh, living godly it has benefits in this life that now is and the life to come and so, uh, see, the Lord's not just concerned about today, but your future. Are you living your life in such a way today that your future, you know, people want to say once they're saved, they're always saved. And, uh, you know, that I've done something now that I, I don't have to worry anymore. But that's, that, that, uh, that doesn't line up with Scripture. We've got to live our life daily and then uh, prepare to hear him say, well done. I quote this often because it really made such an impact on me is that Sister Mangan, Vesta Mangan said one year, because of the times in her, her preaching that, that day, she said, Jesus will not say well done if I have not done well. And so I want to make sure that I am doing what I am supposed to do in this life. I want to make sure that I am uh, living my life for him. And so, yes, I would like to know what the future holds. We wonder what eternity will be like. And we, we want to know, uh, uh, you know, we, we sing songs and, and quote quotes. Well, I, I don't know who about the future, but I know who holds the future. You know, we've, you've heard people say that. And uh, Corey Ten Boone said, you know, never uh, be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's what walking with God's about, getting to know him. 
learning about him, learning about his ways, learning to trust the Lord with all your heart and not leaning to your own understanding. There is no substitute for the blessed assurance, as the old song said, is that blessed assurance, that confidence that whatever God has said will be, that I can rely on my Savior, not just for my conversion, but for my keeping. See, a lot of people trust Him for the conversion, but they don't trust Him for the keeping. And that's where, uh, that's where our life is, is, is like walking every day knowing, hey, this road's not going to be smooth. I'm going to go down sometimes, and I'm going to go up sometimes. And then sometimes it might be flat and, and smooth, and then take a turn all of a sudden. Or there'll be an obstacle in my way, but I trust God that either it will move I'll get over it, or he'll make a path around it, but, but God's going to get me there because he didn't call me to only walk so far and be stuck. Uh, he didn't call me so far just to, to quit, to, to be done, but he, he called me uh, to get to the end, to trust him and, and, and be with him. So you, you see this man, like we talked about, Carl Sagan, there was no future that he could see. There was a future for him, whether he saw heaven or not, there's in the places uh, where he will be. The Bible says it is appointed once to die. And then, that means there's something after that. Jesus said, I've gone away to prepare a place for you so where I am you can be also. There's more for, he was telling them, you're going to spend some more time here, but there's another place. But this man, Carl Sagan, he, he could not see that because he thought the whole sum total of his life was wrapped up in this earthen vessel. That once breath stops here, that's it. But that is not it. He had no hope in this eternal life. He didn't know, didn't believe. I'm sure maybe he had heard. But it sounded like he had made a decision not to believe it. That there is everlasting life. There is eternal life. A gift from God. For all men, anybody could have it if they would. But will they? So what about hope? What, what do we call hope? What is hope? It, most of the time we say things, we, we use the word hope like, man, I hope this isn't back ordered. <laughs> I hope we're going to get Mexican today after church. You know, or I hope I'll go to heaven when I die. But I don't want to... Uh, when we use the word hope lightly, it's more like we're saying, I wish, I wish. It's like we're making wishes. I wish it would turn out like this. I wish we would go to there. I wish, but that's not the way that hope is supposed to be. That's not what uh, uh, a, a, a definition of biblical hope would probably read like this. A confident expectation that God will always act consistently in agreement with his word, his will, and his character. It is confidence in God both in the present and in the afterlife. That's the hope we have with God. We know that hope uh, comes from a place maybe we don't like so much. Uh, Paul wrote, Romans chapter 5 is such a great chapter. Because Paul begins to, to talk to us about uh, how 
the conversion that God gave us came from the great love he had for us. But before he gets to that, uh, about Christ dying for us, he begins to talk about hope. But he starts it like this uh, in Romans 5 and 3. He said, We glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed or hope never disappoints. When you have hope in God, you will never be disappointed. I think I'll give you this. Psalm 42 and 5, one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, the psalmist is talking to himself. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? What, you know, why are you freaking out? Why are you giving up? Why are you throwing in the towel? He said, if we want to fix this, you want a solution for this, hope thou in God. You're cast down, you're disquieted, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're nervous, you can't get anything right. You know what fixes that? Hope in God. Because you can trust God. Because God is faithful. Because God is true. Because God cannot lie. Because God will always do what he said he would do. God has got the best track record of anybody. He's he never missed it. He's never failed. He's, he's always there. And so, listen, uh, he's trying to say, I've got something to calm you down. Hope in God. He said, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. God is faithful in his help. You can come boldly before his throne forever. You can always have great hope that God will be what he said he will be. That God will always do what his word said he will do. You can trust his word is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he came through yesterday, he'll come through today. But see, we also have hope in the future because he's the Lord and he changes not. And so we can, uh, why are people so, why? I understand the world. I understand the Carl Sagans, the people who don't believe in God. But why are God's people so frantic and upset and nervous and anxious and stressed? Have they forgotten that God is true? Have they forgotten that God is on their side? Have they forgotten that God will never leave or forsake us? That I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Boy, you've heard me uh, just open the scripture up so many times. I have never seen, young or old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. But I've seen him in every possible situation except forsaken. That should birth, you know, those uh, hope springs eternal. Well, it ought to when you serve God. You, it ought to, it, it's always there. It's like that, that water, that river, that fountain springing up inside of us. When we have God, you say, I have my hope in him. It, it never runs. I never have to look around and wonder. I know that God is going to come through. I don't have to see him to know it. I just know God. That's why knowing God is so important. Walking with God and knowing God and understanding about God uh, is so important because if you don't know him, how do you hope in him? But when you know him, when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, when you, you've seen him come through time and time again, you'll be like what Paul wrote. He said, hope. 
doesn't, it maketh not ashamed. In other words, hope never disappoints because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And then he began to, let me just back up and remind you, because when we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And now how much more now that we are his children? If I had hope that he would convert me, don't I have hope that he will keep me? Come on. God saved me, washed me, filled me, gave his life, suffered terribly that I could have this salvation. He's not going to leave me wondering, will he come through? There's got to be just that ridiculous, crazy faith that it doesn't matter, that you're just there to say it doesn't matter. God will come through. And because we have this uh, definition that we've given of, of true biblical hope of that he will always be what he's going to be, that, that's why we face the challenges of life and we deal with it. And we find answers and we find solutions and we, we don't uh, deal with them uh, on the basis of fear, but on the basis of faith. When you have hope in God and the doctor says, oh, by the way, we saw something on your scan. Okay, but I know a healer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a healer. Sure he is. I don't know where the, the, where I'm going to get the money for this or how this is going to work out. You believe he's your provider, and my God shall provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he's going to lead me through uh, the, the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. He's going to prepare a table before me. God, I, I've got so much scripture that's why I get people not reading their Bibles. Because, you know, that's why we encourage that bread reading. Read that book, man. You want to know about God? You want to know what you've got? You want to know about that anchor for the soul? Then read it. Ingest it. Get it in there. Pray that word. Read that word. Search that word. Study that word. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Let him see what's going on. Let him see that you have faith. Love his word. One writer said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's, uh, you know, I can eat, 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 and I might stay alive here, but if I die without the word, he said, so if I want an everlasting life, I'm going to need the word because I'm born again by the word of God. And so I want this hope that I have. Uh, I want to have hope that, that will help me find a solution. But when you don't have the word, you don't have a solution. People, people without the word don't have a solution. They don't know what to say. What do I do? What do I do? Why are you not freaking out? I serve the Lord. Oh, you one of them church people. Yeah, and I'm not freaking out. <laughs> you know, it's like, are you one of them Bible thumping? rolling around on the floor, tongue-talking people. That's right. And I'm not freaking out. I'm not self-medicating. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying. I, 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 if, I, if I am self-medicating, it's this right here. It's, oh, let me get a daily dose of, yeah. That's what I want right there, so. 
uh, you know, when you believe what God has spoken in His Word, boy, the thou wilt keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee. Great peace have they that love Thy Word, and nothing shall offend them. My goodness, great peace. Uh, anybody want great peace? Oh, I want great peace. Well, just start trusting in his word. Love his word and nothing. You know, you know what? You trust his word and love his word and live in his word. Nothing will offend you. You, you want to stay untangled from all this nonsense going on in the world? This is the great untangler. This is better than a bottle of $50 conditioner. This will, this will keep you untangled from the world. That's probably cheap, but it's maybe $75 bottle of conditioner. You know, unless you got suave. Uh, and you, <laughs> I don't have to use any. I'm all right. But you know why political nonsense don't mess me up? I don't get tangled up. I don't get tangled up in it. You know, all this vaccine or no vaccine don't mess me up. Yeah, uh, people, you need to get in. No, I, I, mm -mm. the world don't need another voice for that. We need more voices for this. We just need people to say, hey, you know what, we need more Apostle Pauls that say, I'm just going to preach nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's, that's what I'm going to know. You want know, to get people to stop talking to you about stuff like that when they come up and say, hey, you going to take that thing? Do you know Jesus died for you? Just start talking about Jesus and Him crucified, and they won't ask you how you voted. They won't ask you if you. They won't ask you your vaccination status. They go, uh, oh, he's a nut. And his friends say, "Yeah, but he wasn't freaking out." That's right, because he's trusted in the Lord. He's got confidence. God, is, his hope is in Him. Uh, we live. Uh, we know the answer to that question. Is there anyone out there? There sure is. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. I know he's out there. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I, I, I trust the Lord today. And so, uh, you know, uh, Paul, man, he, he just, in, in this book of Romans, he, he preached uh, so much hope to us uh, in, the, in these scriptures. But Paul knew what God could do. It had been revealed to him. His, he, Paul, his hope was that he expected God to be God. The psalmist said one place, uh, my soul wait only upon God for my expectation is from him. That's where, you know, where's your expectation? Where are, you, where are you getting all this confidence at and all this hope at and this expectation? Him. I expect God to be God because he said, I change not. So I don't have to wonder which God is showing up. It ain't like we got to wonder, like we have to wonder which bulldog team is going to show up from week to week. Yeah, even though, you know, we don't never know who's going to show up. But God shows up, he's going to be God. 
He's just going to be the Lord. He's going to always have the same power, the same authority, the same love, the same compassion. He's going to always be able to do what he has always done. That God is going to show up. So my expectation is from him. And so Paul wrote in uh, Romans 8 and 28, we, we, we know this scripture very well, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Just leave that scripture up for a moment. And so uh, Paul is speaking hope. Paul is speaking with confidence because there are facts in this scripture that we need to get. Number one, we know that we have a father, that God is faithful, that he's going to be there with us. Uh, then he's always looking out for my good because he knows I love him, he loves me. Always looking out for my good. And now we have a written guarantee. You know, this is, it, it's not going to be amended or changed or done away with. It is a written guarantee that one day you're going to look back down the road you're going to look back at a time that you thought this was going to break you, and you're going to see the good that it worked. You'll be able to see that all things really do work together for my good. It might have been a time of loss, but somehow it worked to, for your good. It got you where you needed to be. It did what it needed to do. You will be able to look back and see that God was really there the whole time. That God was really working on my behalf. That God was really doing something to make sure I'm going to be all right. God was trying to ensure my future. Oh, it seemed painful. It seemed like I'd never get through it, but I did. And now I see. You'll never go through that and go, I still don't know why. God will reveal why. There's, it's there. If we'll, if we'll look, we'll see it. So Paul's uh, just... Uh, preaching hope in a lot of these scriptures that seem like they're, whoo, those are tough, Paul, but they're full of hope. These are letters written to the church. These, these scriptures, you know, sometimes uh, the things that bring us hope is the correction that we get. Uh, now I got hope of being right and not being, not staying wrong. I want, I want to be right. I got scripture that'll correct me, that'll steer me in the right direction. Praise God. I don't want to just uh, drift and float around. I don't want to be cast about with every wind of doctrine. I want someone in there for the perfecting of the saints to, to give me all that I need. I want those voices in my life. Paul went on to say in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, we, we talked about this a while ago, that while we look not at things that are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's hope for us uh, in this God that we cannot see. You know, even uh, the less that this scripture would go so good with what Job said. I have looked in front of me. I've looked behind me. I've looked on the left where he works. I've looked on my right side, and I can't perceive him. I, I, you know, I can't see nothing. But he did. at the end of that, he did not say, so I give up. He said, but he knows the way that I take. <laughs> In other words, just because I can't see him don't mean he ain't there. Just because I can't see him or tell what he's doing right now doesn't mean he's not doing. He's still doing. He's just not showing me yet. But he had confidence that God was always watching him whether I can see him or not. Whether I can understand or see his work yet, 
I do have trust in him because I look at the things that are invisible. I'm looking at the eternal God. Even uh, that's hope for the future. That there is something beyond this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 1, For we know that when this earthly uh, house, this body is dissolved, when we don't have this flesh anymore, that we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, it's eternal in the heavens. God intends on us making it to a change. We're all going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. He, he said, you're going to take all this corruption is going to put on incorruption. This mortality is going to put on immortality. There's going to be a change. And that's what you get with this eternal God. Is there anyone out there? Sure there is. There's a God in heaven out there that, that loves you and that, that is keeping you and watching out for you. He's there. You can trust him. Paul said this. You know, when he wrote his letter to the Philippian church, you know, it's very interesting. It doesn't really, it's not just a necessity, but it helps you to grasp things a lot better sometimes if you will read where some of these letters were written from, what time period they were written in uh, to understand uh, how powerful that they really are. When Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, he was not sitting in his study with a little fire roaring and uh, a little something to drink on the table, you know, while he rode. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't back in his hotel after a great night of revival where he sat down and said, I just got to write some things out. But he wrote this letter from jail. He was in prison. He was in a Roman prison, uh, probably not the best of conditions. You know, you can try to envision it in your head. Oh, it was cold. It was damp. It was musty. He, you know, it was bread and water or nothing at all but whatever it was it was prison and Paul you know and even in that letter six different times to that church he wrote about the joy that he has from God it's not a very long letter and in, in that little short letter six different times he writes about the joy that he has from God but in the opening in the beginning of the letter in the first verse Philippians 1 and 20 he said, according to my earnest expectation, there it is, as that expectation, and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Now, didn't we just read that a while ago in his letter to the Romans? Hope maketh not ashamed. So he, he's, in other words, he's saying, I know that in nothing I'll, I'm not going to be disappointed in this hope I have in God. He said, but that with all boldness as always, in my past, as it's always been, I've been bold before. And now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. And whether it be by life or by death, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ no matter what happens. And so Paul gets joy and he gets hope and he expects not to be disappointed. He has an unshakable confidence that Christ will be magnified regardless of whether he lives or whether he dies. He got that from God. Hope is one of those good and perfect gifts that comes down from above. That hope that comes from God, that comes through. And when you get hope the Bible way, when you have trusted in God and seen what God will do, when you have that hope, hope maketh not ashamed. You will never be disappointed from hoping in God. Well, I've talked to people said they hoped in God and they were disappointed. 
Anytime you walk out on God early, you'll be disappointed. I've always said it. Well, God hadn't, hadn't brought it to pass. I always say, yet. So you're trying to make God uh, do it in your time. And people quit so close to their blessing. Uh, so close. I, I, I couldn't remember the names right now if I wanted to, but I heard a guy open up one of his uh, lessons. You, you would have remembered out there because of the times. Um, the, one of the greatest uh, gold mines in Oklahoma, I believe is where it was, in Oklahoma. Uh, these brothers had uh, found a little bit of gold. They went and they bought all this equipment, uh, started mining, and they was following this vein. They got investors involved, bought equipment. They are mining and mining. And all of a sudden, the gold starts running out. And then finally, they're not really seeing anything, so they just quit. They, they, they walk off. They, they, they can't pay their investors back. They're just you know, discouraged about it, whatever they, they're done. They sell it all for a few hundred dollars. Another guy comes in there. They left the equipment. They, he gets some mining experts. They start up again, and they dig three feet, and they hit the biggest strike that they had seen at, like, at that time. Three feet. Three feet. One yard. I heard him, the guy was talking, Brother Gentry said, I get upset when uh, my football team can't, won't go for it on fourth and one. It's just one yard. It's just three feet. He said, three feet. That's, that's this. There it was. People quit so close. Oh, they give up. They throw in the towel. They walk away. They turn their back. They sell off what God's given them. But the scripture said for me to buy the truth and sell it not. Uh, he said, just hang. He said, he's telling you, hold on to it because it's going to benefit. You may think you bought, you may treat it like the stock market. It's up and it's down. But I'm telling you, it's going to end up because God's going to come through in a big way every time. And that's... That's the kind of hope we have to have. That's what we got to ask ourselves. Do you have that hope? Is that the kind of hope you have in God? If you're not sure, you can. You just start trusting in his word. You know, sometimes we just have to, you know, I know what people in the world think about church folks with faith because I used to be one of the people that didn't have that kind of faith. And I had uh, an aunt and an uncle in my life that, they, boy, I'll tell you, they, I believe they could have walked on water if they wanted to. They just had that kind of faith, you know. And they would say things to me sometimes, and I'd just be like, yeah, you know, okay. You know, I love you. You know, just, whew, you know, just, woo, you know. But I found out what they were talking about was true. That this God really is real. He really is faithful. He really does do what he said he'll do. He, he really does heal, deliver, set free, change lives. He really does fill you with the Holy Ghost. He, you know, it happens. And so uh, if you don't have it, you can. I didn't. Now I do. And, and so what, what I was going to say is that sometimes you know you're going to sound silly to others. We're saying you just trust God. Say it anyway. The scripture says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I believe sometimes you just, 
Some of the, if you think everything you say concerning God's going to sound rational, it ain't. It's not going to always what you know. It's going. People will be like, oh, what? But when you know Him, when you know this guy, when you know this Lord, this Savior, this King, oh, you just say what He says. The Lord says some things sometimes that will kind of, huh? Catch a fish and get a coin out of his mouth. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir, Lord. And so, oh, guess what? It worked. Wow. <laughs> I wonder how you take a basket that you know has only got X amount of loaves in it, and you don't went by a thousand people and they still get bread out of it. <laughs> I don't know. You empty yet? No. I got a lot of people to go. Just keep going. Okay, everybody's been served, and they still there's more bread in here than there was when I started. <laughs> Ain't that how God'll do? He'll never leave you lacking. Man, we started out with just a few. I got twelve loaves, and this man, there's enough bread. We got lunch for tomorrow. Or we could feed the next town, I guess, because look at what we got. It works. You just you got to trust the Lord. I know I'm, boy, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting through these lessons. I'm, there's so much in them, trying to get to the end of them. But now we know and we believe that he's out there. There was a, a survey, uh, I guess, a, a, actually a, a research that Time Magazine actually did. It was called The Optimism Bias. I don't know if you've ever read that, but what they found out in their study was that the human brain is wired for hope. Well, God, you know, I mean, God created us. Yeah, sure, I, I can believe that. It's wired for hope, but they concluded that it was your brain was created not just to store memory, but to also to create images of what the future could and should be. See, God doesn't want us to just always be looking back, thinking, wow, it was good back then. He wants us looking forward, knowing that there's something better waiting. As uh, I believe Peter said, there is an inheritance uh, that is waiting for us. It's undefiled, and it fadeth not away. It's there. Paul said, hey, I finished my course, kept the faith, and, and uh, I've done all the things I've got to do. And now there's a crown laid up for me. Oh, that's good, Paul. That's you. Oh, not wait. Not just for me, but to all those that love is appearing. So that means there's, there's something. So keep going. Keep going because there's something waiting on you. He's trying to get it in your mind. Man, there's a reward coming. And Jesus said, hey, I'm going away to prepare a place that where I am. In my Father's house, many mansions. Where I am, you can be also. And, and that gives us hope that there's another place. Something else is coming. So I'm not just thinking about, wow, sure it's been a long time since God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's been a few years, but you know what? It's new every day. It'll be new tomorrow. His mercy is new every morning. His mercy endures forever. So as always, something to look forward to. And that's what uh, that brain does. It, it gives us uh, something not just to remember, but to look forward to. And so every day that God invites you and me to, to walk in these bad situations, it seems like sometimes it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. 
You, you think about uh, Abraham, how that uh, uh, he was uh, called uh, out of his land. Hey, 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 Abraham, come on. I want you to leave your family, leave your land, and go to a land I'm going to tell you about. You've never been there, but that's where I want you to go. And I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to make, you know, like the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. It, it, it's innumerable what I'm going to do through you. And then we have to see Abraham get old, 99, uh, and Sarah, 90, and no child. So but it says, when you read what uh, is written about them, again, Paul writing about them in, in the book of Romans, he, he wrote about them and said, hey, you know, Abraham did not stagger at this promise. He said, hey, I know how old we are. I know uh, biologically this ain't supposed to be happening. Naturally, there should be no way this is going to happen. But God is faithful who promised. And so if God, God can take uh, someone who is as good as dead and still uh, work through them and use it and do what he said, if God promised it, it's going to come to pass. And Abraham had that hope. He was called the friend of God. That's what hope is. It ultimately, it is about reliance, relying on God. Abraham did not rely on his own self, on his own knowledge, on his own strength. He relied on God who said, at this time, I will give Sarah a child. It made him laugh. It made her laugh. God laughed last because he knew. He said, I, you see, uh, it did come to pass just like I said it would. You know, you think about when you go to the doctor and if so, he said, oh, I'm going to write you a prescription for this. What is that? Oh, it'll help you with inflammation. Okay. Gives you a piece of paper. It's written down. You read it. Okay. Go to the pharmacy. You don't know what that guy's putting. He could be putting M&Ms in your back. You don't know what he's putting in that bottle. But you're going to go home and take two with food because that's what it says to do. And then you trust that you're going to feel better. And in a little while, hey, guess what? I do feel better. Man, that works. So you take them again. You take them again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Rely on him. Because I promise you, if, you would, if we would give the same amount of confidence to the Lord as we give to the doctor... Not against doctors, not at all. I promise you I'm not. But if we gave the same amount of confidence to the things of this world as we, or if we would give that to God, I'm telling you, we'd see some things that we've never seen come to pass before because God cannot lie. His promises are yea and amen, and he will bring it to pass even when our feelings are not in it. So you think about I don't want to be like you stand with me this morning. But it's amazing because the Bible teaches us about a hope in God and then a hope for eternity with Him. And yet again, it is amazing how many of God's people live in fear, doubt, and anxiety. We are His children. And whatever challenges that we face, we must remember that God loves us at our best and He loves us at our worst. He just loves you. That's him. But for Carl Sagan, the astronomer, 
he looked into the heaven and all he saw was stars. And he had no idea about the maker of those stars. He didn't see anything past that. But we see beyond the stars. We see the creator. And we see a, a bright future that is waiting for us. Because as Paul wrote, we don't look at the things that are seen because those are temporary. Even this beautiful planet, this beautiful world, the trees, all the things you see that are so lovely, temporary. It'll all pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word forever. And so we have hope in his word today. We have hope in the eternal. I'm thankful for it. Amen. Amen. So that's the answer to the question. Is there anyone out there? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you so much this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And thank you for this walk every day with you. Help us, Lord, to trust in what we don't see, to trust in you, the eternal. We love you, Lord. You're precious to us. And we want to hear you say, well done. So let us do well as we live this life for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise this morning. What a great God. What a great God. He's good to us. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. We've got our baby dedication at the beginning of the service. So we'll get into that in just a few moments. And uh, looking for a great day in the Lord. God bless you.